0: Now to your regularly scheduled program. Hey everybody, this is Josh Martin. And I'm Marty Height. Hey, how you doing? Welcome to the Tattoos and Jesus podcast.
1: I am very happy to be here! Here at TNJ, we seek to blend the righteous with the ridiculous. Please
0: explain.
1: We discuss coffee, counseling, Christianity, and whatever else crosses our mind. We hope you enjoy it. Okay,
0: let's go. Gosh, that scared the
1: crap out of me. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of T and J sitting here with your hosts Marty and Josh. Today's a little bit different of a recording. We're having to, we're having to throw it back old school,
0: <clears throat> kind of how we started this thing. Question. What? Take your mic and talk into it.
1: Hello. Hello. Okay. Is it working?
0: Yeah, it's working. It just it sounded a little distant at first. Yeah.
1: Are my good now? Are We good?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Go. You can go for it. Go for it. Right. You just anyway. sound a little distant. Distant if it falls. If our
1: if our audio quality is suffering, it's because I'm on what these old Apple earbuds, like the wired kind, uh, that has a traditional like plug in. So how old are these? And you're in some like $10 Amazon Basics headset over there. Are you in this conversation?
0: These are the the original T and J headphones that one day I hope to autograph and sell for put in the hall of fame
1: podcast yeah. hall of fame
0: yes uh, uh, that's what i that's what i'm I'm going
1: if we made it to the hall of fame what category would put us there like what about our show if it were hall of fame quality is what would get us in i know i know the answer to this
0: you know what would make us a hall of fame yeah Alright. We'll see here it.
1: Best podcast name. No shot. I think the name's catchy.
0: I mean it is catchy, but that's not the good. One that's in my Hall of Fame. There's a thousand there's a thousand podcasts out there. Yeah, right? but
1: a lot of them are just pretty straightforward. Like I mean I love the Dale Junior download, but it's just called the Dale Junior
0: download. Like oh, that's pretty clever though. Is it? Um I'm gonna go for our our wit and charm. Oh, that's
1: okay. I would say it's hall, hall of Fame worthy.
0: Yeah, our wit and charm.
1: Speaking of wit and charm, you logged in today under the name Dale
0: Jr. I did because it would it was telling me I had to download an app. Or Stop messing join. with
1: that. You sound like you're...
0: Or, you're um, or you could just join with the browser.
1: So you could edit the name?
0: Yeah, so it said... But then I don't... <laughs> the bad thing is I don't remember if it said or if the box was checked always use this name when you <laughs> <locked into Zoom. laughs> because it was a box and I don't remember if I checked it or <laughs> jacked it. So next time I'll hop into a Zoom call. It might
1: be Dale Jr. It
0: may say Dale Jr.
1: That's okay. Next time we do a Zoom call, call get ready to meet Trevor Lawrence.
0: I forget that crap. Um, oh. So I need your full throttle. People missed uh, it. What? I said people, people missed it because we just met but we didn't do the podcast. Your thoughts on pumpkin cream, chocolate. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, Starbucks. yeah, yeah. Yes, we have to review this. So yesterday we got together. We were originally supposed to record the, the day before, yesterday. Um, but our schedules got screwed up. However, you still came. You still came and hang out with me, and you brought me a Starbucks drink.
0: Mm.
1: That is, it was so sweet. It was so oh, kind. Fun. <clears throat> what was so, the name of it? What was the name of it? A it's a
0: pumpkin cream chai latte with an uh, extra shot of espresso.
1: So the pumpkin, what, what was it? A pumpkin cream chai latte. Chai is that latte. the name of it? Like, is that on the ordering board, or did you like customize that?
0: No, no, no. It's on there.
1: The extra shot of, of espresso I, is what you I, added.
0: What I added. Yeah.
1: It tastes the same without that, though, right?
0: Mm, I mean, it's probably <clears throat> a little less coffin or coffee, Causing? coffee, yeah. coffee um, but it, it didn't really taste like a lot of coffee in the first place but no I mean you could I, honestly you could probably double shot that bad boy on top of what's okay. already in it and it would be fantastic
1: so pumpkin spice oh, wait, it's pumpkin cream chai latte where, pumpkin
0: cream chai latte
1: for the first time and I don't know how long we're going to Dirty Brew review this thing
0: go for it because it's Here's,
1: absolutely phenomenal if you like pumpkin all right so i'm going to make two statements first this was hands down the best drink i've ever put in my mouth
0: it's 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 fantastic it's definitely it is it
1: is now but if you like pumpkin it destroys every single other pumpkin drink known to man Mm -hmm. it was liquid pumpkin pie and it's iced and it's iced that's right but it's creamy like, sometimes you get an ice drink and I think it like waters it down too much. Yeah. And maybe it's just because I chugged it because it was so good, or the fact that you bought me the baby size. <clears throat> I'm telling yeah. you, Starbucks drinks are getting smaller, right? Like, it, it was same. smaller. Same, same price, smaller amount. I could have drunk 40 of them.
0: Yeah, easily.
1: De- delicious. If you, if you listen, are you listening to my words right now? If you can hear my voice and you like pumpkin go to Starbucks, you know, pumpkin cream, chai latte, official score, 10 out of 10. oh 10 out of 10. Wow. It, it is, I don't know that it's possible for that drink to be better than it currently is.
0: It's, I mean, it's up there. I'm not going to lie. What said, would you give it? it? I would, I would give it a nine seven to give a little room for just in case. <laughs> so Nine
1: eight five. combined score. <laughs>
0: But best you have for, to like chai lattes too.
1: Yeah, and even though it has caffeine in it, even though it has some like coffee in it, it a hundred percent tastes is not coffee. Yeah, it just tastes like a flavored drink. Yeah, and it's and delicious. so if you're like, no, I want a coffee that has flavoring, this is not it. Right, this is just a coffee drink. Um, but it is it is the best, absolute best. Heading into the, it doesn't even have to be hot. I could, it could be 30 degrees outside, and if somebody says, "Do you want this?" Yes, I do. If they said it may incite hypothermia because of how cold you are and the addition of these cold calories will incite hypothermia, I'd say I would think of no better way to meet my Lord than drinking this in the
0: process. I mean, it's it's top notch. Like if we could be sponsored, <clears throat> this would be a this would be a solid sponsorship right now. Yeah. The first <clears throat> the first time I had it, Sarah actually found it for me. She was like, "You would love this drink." And I said, "I'll give it a shot."
1: Does she like it? No. Nah. Are you kidding me?
0: She does not like pumpkin stuff, but she knew that I liked it, and she knew that I liked chai latte. She was like, "I mean," and she was right. I mean, it was absolutely spot on. But I, it was a Sunday morning. I went. I got a big one. I it's came so back.
1: good that you can remember the details.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, because it was that. Ooh. It was that. Epic impactful. of a moment. Yeah.
1: How long have you known about this drink that you've been holding out on me?
0: Three weeks, maybe.
1: Oh, that's not too bad. Okay.
0: No, I just did it through. I mean, they just came out with the pumpkin stuff at the beginning of September. So,
1: is this the first year they've offered that?
0: I have no idea. (laughs) But it's absolutely. So, I did a pumpkin. I did the pumpkin spice latte the next week. Just to see. Still delicious. Yeah. And if you need a hot drink, if you need a hot drink, it's good. But not a chocolate (laughs) latte. I mean, I sat down with my. My new book that I got, you know, Convictions by Marcus Borg yeah. that I've been telling you about. I had my pumpkin spice latte. Had my it was like a cool, crisp morning. I mean, we're getting there. It's about to be prime yeah.
1: time. So here's uh I mean it's been a couple of years since we've had a, a PSL. So tell not for you, you had one apparently three weeks ago. I think the chai latte is a tick sweeter. Is that true? Yeah,
0: for sure. Like for sure. the
1: pumpkin spice latte, I think that's one of the things that if I had a criticism, is it's a good drink, but I wanted it to be a, a tinge sweeter. Um, whereas the chai latte, the pumpkin cream chai latte, it is very sweet, which I'm a fan of. So if you're not a big fan of sweet, like you may not like it. But it literally tasted like a pumpkin pie poured into a drink.
0: Yeah, it's it's a <laughs> little and dirty dirty chai lattes are probably my favorite drink ever.
1: What the like fuck? Dirty as... chai latte.
0: It's a it's a cha it's a chai latte with uh, espresso in it, oh, and it is it is absolutely top notch, oh,
1: dirty any, chai latte,
0: any, and then you add pumpkin into it, boy, <clears> top notch. <throat> but anyway, so yeah, so the P, that's the PSL review currently we got okay. going on, and we may try another one. You never know. I mean, we still have we
1: might a, pull two something months. out.
0: Yeah, we got. I owe, two hey,
1: we, you have five I owe you one now. I owe you a drink because you bought that one for me. True. So we will have to you one more baby drink. Baby drink. Look, so you, you asked for it. I know because well, you now that you mentioned it, you mentioned it a week or two ago that you had had it and it was delicious. Yeah. And so then yesterday when we had time, you like you want me to pick one of these up for you? One hundred percent. Yeah. One hundred percent, I do. You said okay. You told me you had a story or a question or something for me. <laughs>
0: Of pumpkin cream chai lattes, PSL coffee, mm-hmm. Starbucks. We had a conversation about you <clears> things <throat> yesterday, yeah. and the term that you pulled out of it was confirmation biased. Yeah. So, you know, confirmation biased that's is that's actually what we, we just did. Well,
1: well, that's what we just did. We, if they have not had this drink, the pumpkin cream. And we have primed them to think it is the best drink they've ever had. They're biased now, either to disbelieve us because they think we're idiots, or to that no, this drink like they're already going into buying the pumpkin cream spice latte chai drink thing, biased to it like thinking it's better than it is because of our persuasive speech.
0: Right. So yeah. So that it led me to. Uh, <clears throat> It's it's something that actually I've never brought up, mm-hmm. but it's always like on my mind to bring up at some point, and I just haven't been able to bring it up yet.
1: So this has been hanging so, out in the recesses.
0: It's a very it's a very very it's funny, but it's really truthful. So there's a TV show called Barry. I'm pretty sure I've talked about it before, but anyway, he's a ex-military guy who turns into a a hitman and gets hired to kill a bunch of like evil people. And so he then he then starts acting. He's he's in an acting class because one of the people he's after is, is attending an acting class. So he like busts in and then he starts falling in love with acting. But he's also a hitman.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: It's called Barry. It's actually a really good show. Um <clears throat> the guy the star of the show is uh you would know him. <clears throat> it's um I'm a little Bill with Hader. Head. Oh, yeah. This guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah I so he's the star is. of the show. He's the so, hitman. Yes. So it's the last season. It was it was last year. I actually watched the end of it at Envision, But it, it was the last season of Barry. It's probably episode four. He's, okay. He turns really religious in episode four. He mm-hmm. is all about faith and God and repentance and all this. Well, then one of the people that he was supposed to kill at one point but he let go is now after his family and so then he starts conflicting his new religious beliefs with wanting to kill this guy mm-hmm. so then and this is this I is the part.
1: We've all bit we've all been there
0: yeah and this is the part that's like funny so it shows him <clears throat> it shows him at home with headphones in, mm-hmm. listening to a podcast and the podcast is a pastor talking about nothing in the world should mm-hmm. allow us to take another life. God would not allow that under any circumstances. Mm-hmm. All right. So then it does, you know, the episode plays on. Well, then it comes back to him later and he's in the car and he's listening to another podcast on the radio. And then it it shifts slightly. It goes, God would not allow us to kill anybody unless we are looking for um, self-defense or there's something, there's a reason, or war.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he's just like, nope, and he turns it off. And then, like, five minutes later, it sure goes on. It cuts back to him um, with headphones, like, walking through the neighborhood. And it's like, somebody, it's just slightly more towards God would never – Allow us to kill somebody who is not evil, but anybody who we we couldn't deem as evil shouldn't shouldn't happen. So then it's slightly more towards (laughs) right. Well, then the last one, you know, it goes on towards the end of the episode. It's him in the car with his with his gun in front of the guy's house, and he's playing a podcast. And the guy's (laughs) like, I'm pretty sure it's Bill Burr that's on the podcast, but he's like it's like it starts off with like this hard rock music it's like and then the guy comes in and is like we got to defend ourselves god will allow us to kill anybody we need to and he's like yep got it and then turned it off and then went inside (laughs) to, to kill the guy so it's like this slow uh progression of him finding these podcasts that are starting to fit what he wants to do yeah and so it reminded me of Well, you know our coffee but our conversation yesterday about you know confirmation bias, where you you're looking for what you want to look for and you deem true what you want to find true Mm -hmm. and that and i always think about that one
1: that's a really funny example but it's so true what like especially as a counselor have you ever have you ever noticed that once you i mean this is kind of an obvious statement um once you see something you can't unsee it and so, like, as a counselor, <clears throat> I think we're in a weird position where we're constantly learning about the psychological functioning of human beings. And, like, once we get wind of a pattern or a tendency, it's hard to unsee it at that point. Yeah, And I think confirmation bias is one of those where... And, and this is really applicable. Like, it's important to realize this about ourselves because we all do this, right? Like, if you decided to... Um, change jobs you're gonna like okay well i was doing this bible study this morning and it talks about like sometimes we have you know god's asking us to take risk and i really think god put that bible study in my path um in order to uh you know whatever reason like uses it to justify that but just like that podcast that you're talking about in barry um and so what do you think are the most, I, we, we haven't discussed this, but off the top of your head, what is the most popular confirmation bias that you think we in society fall into today? <clears throat> in
0: society?
1: Like in, in America. In America, and like we're going to talk about spiritual implications in a minute, but what do you feel like are some of the biases that are most impacting us today that most people, like when we say it, they're going to be like, that's not true because I'm right. But for me, on the outside looking in and hearing people's stories, are like, actually, you're just part of a greater wave of people that are persuaded to believe these things as true facts to justify behavior, thought, opinion. That's
0: tough in society. There's there's
1: one answer, Josh. There's one answer to this that's like home run. What is it? Freaking politics, man. Oh, yeah. Politics. That's true. Like, think about it. Like, if you are a staunch Republican, and so the ideology of the Republican Party is the ideology that you have decided best fits you and best fits the agenda that you want to see move forward, you naturally support anything that seems to reinforce that, and you naturally criminalize or demonize or criticize anyone Who's opposing that ideology, and vice versa? If you're a hardcore um, Democrat, liberal, whatever word you want to use, same applies. There's an ideology that shapes your life, and anyone that's on the other side of that, right? It, you know, is is deemed wrong and inhumane or whatever. Yeah,
0: that's a good point. <clears throat> so it's too early to jump the gun on how you break that. So let me ask you this question.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because this actually, I actually wrote this down. This is kind of funny that we're talking about it. Because I actually wrote this down in my notes section of my phone under podcast topics. But I, it was, it just hit me as you were talking, because um, you brought it up in a way. It's almost like is, is perspective truth. Like you know, like when oh, you talk that's,
1: about that's a deep thought.
0: Is because it's about the, It's like the same. It's the same wavelength, like
1: confirmation
0: bias is my perspective is this, which means it's true, but is perspective truth? Because it's like, I hate it. I hate it so much because in my mind, it's like a both and situation.
1: Yes. Where I'm going to have that put on my gravestone,
0: both and it really is, though, like, Mm. because you believe what your perspective is. Yeah. And so it's truth to you. But to somebody else, it's irrational. Like it's the whole concept of mental health in a way when it comes to CPT.
1: Yeah. And so that's where I get, okay, so this is a good example because talking about politically, there's a general political debate of is truth relative? All right. So traditionally, more religious or conservative people would say, no, truth is truth. It doesn't change regardless of us. Mm-hmm. You know, on a more liberal leaning belief system, they would tend to say, truth is truth. Your truth is not necessarily my truth. And I think that's an artificial dichotomy that actually f- both of them falsely mischaracterize the other mm. and partially represent, Drum roll, please, mm. the truth.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is?
1: There are absolute truths in this world. Right. I don't care how relative you want to make truth. When I jump up, I come down, right? And so that's a artificially cheap example that everybody uses. But it, at the most basics, right? Like at the most basics of things, truth, it, there are absolute truths, right? Gravity. Um, I need air to breathe. That is yeah. true. So like there are truths that exist within us. At the same time, there is relative truth. And an example of that <clears throat> is... Have you ever uh, looked at eyewitness data following like a car accident or some type of a traumatic incident? Eyewitness data, if all of it lines up identically, there's a heavy chance that there's a variable that persuaded the testimonies. There's actually more validity to eyewitness testimony when it's different because everyone's perspective to the same situation will result in different realities all of which are partially true and then maybe a fabrication of your mind trying to fill in the gaps of what you missed. does that make sense mm-hmm. you know and so they may say yeah it was a guy and he had a blue jacket on and a hat and another person's like no he had a thick head of hair and a uh, and a sweater on it was a black sweater well you have a guy who had a thick head of hair one person may have thought it was a toboggan one person thought it was hair one person saw a blue jacket maybe it was a black sweater in a split second situation Both of those people believe that's true, and it's true to them. It's true to their experience in that moment, and they're articulating it as true as possible. Now, is there one reality? Yeah. If you had a camera, you could say, oh, no, it was this guy, and he had this going on, and he he was wearing this. But our perspective to situations inform our beliefs, but they're not always accurate to the reality that we experience, regardless of how accurate it seems in our head.
0: So you're saying the details of it may be off, but the overall aspect of what is trying to be described is still true because there's
1: a different perspective. Well, but here right, I mean there's there's a really really good example you see in like Asian mythology about an elephant. Have you seen that picture of like the blindfolded guys touching the elephant?
0: No, I missed that one. I know
1: it seems potentially Um, inappropriate he's (laughs) he's touching the elephant's trunk you know what i'm saying no okay all right no there's this there's this image i used to do it in a training i used to show it talking about how our perspective impacts our view of reality and so there's this uh elephant so think of an elephant it's a giant couple thousand pound creature has four legs four legs a tail a large torso two huge ears and a nose Yeah, there's a picture of it right there, tattooed on my bicep. So you you know what an elephant looks like. Well, the image is that they brought in these blindfolded guys, and they each touched a different part. One guy's holding the tail. One guy's touching the uh, leg. One guy has the trunk. Somebody's touching the tusk. Somebody's touching the ear. And they say, what are you touching? One guy says, I'm touching what seems like a column. It is large, and it is sturdy, and it is strong. And the other guy's like, you're an idiot. What I'm holding is more like a whip. It's small, it's flexible, and it whips around and it has something on the end. And the other guy's like, You're both idiots. What I'm touching is hard and sharp like a spear. And the next guy's like, You are, y'all are all losing your minds because t- he's touching the side of the elephant. He's like, I'm, It's a wall. This is a wall. And the last guy's like, You're nuts. This is a giant sail, right? Because he's touching the ear. Are any of them wrong? No. But all of them are limited, because their perspective is limited to what is in front of them. It is unable to take into context the whole. Does that make
0: sense? Yeah, it's perfect sense. So, with your your elephant example here, <laughs> yeah, which has been uh, that was actually really good. I got to give you credit. That was pretty good because it makes a lot of sense.
1: Do you want me to give you? Do a you little-
0: accept the limitation? of truth or perspective Mm -hmm. or do you is there a way to get the full picture like what what's the best routes here
1: that's that's actually like we planned this but we really didn't that's a really good question because what do you do with that reality like what do you do with the likelihood that no matter what you think in life number one it's biased based on beliefs right there's a confirmation bias in all of us uh, it's biased based on maybe beliefs or past experiences, but then it's also limited based on your perception, what you're seeing in a given moment. And so it's like what do you what do you do with that? Like, and I think what happens is there's two general like ways that we approach things. I'll talk the one that I'm not as in favor of. And you've met people like this that are basically like the way I see things are fact. I'm a black and white kind of person. It is what it is, and it's not what it's not, I call a spade a spade. That's a popular statement, right? And so I think some people choose because – and I'm not even going to attribute motive to their choice, but they choose to just allow truth to be what they believe and what they see. And anything that operates outside of that is just wrong. We're just different. They have no – there's not a real desire – to expand knowledge or to see things from a different angle, yeah. for whatever reason, they just they just don't. Whether they just don't have the capacity, they don't have the desire, they intrinsically think that they're right about everything. I don't know, like you know. But this is where it's really helpful. Like, and this is where it helps us in therapy, is like the elephant example. So one uh, one way that we I used to see this done in like family therapy when you're working with a family is they would literally have an item that they used and they would set it in the floor. And it was an item that they knew looked different from different perspectives. And they would ask the family members sitting around, right? And say, what are you looking at? Like, what do you see? Tell me one quality that you see in front of you. And they're all going to describe something roughly different, right? If you ask them for details, if it's a pen and they're like, oh, it's a pen, that's a pen, that's a pen. No, like what's a detail that you see? And they're like, you know, and they're going to, Kind of like the elephant, well, I see a trunk, or I see a tail, or I see an ear, and you're right, are any of you wrong? Do all of those things make up the pen, right? And of course, it's, it's kind of a leading question, yes, 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 and yes, and then say, <clears throat> the same is true in life. Y'all are fighting over things that are partially true, but not fully true, and the more that we're willing to put ourselves in somebody else's shoes, see the situation from their perspective, their angle, will help us to see their missing piece of the puzzle. It's still not the full puzzle, it's just their piece of it. And that helps us see it from their perspective. And when we can see things from their perspective, it then immediately turns into, oh, I see, and now I understand, fully understand, why you thought what you thought. And now you see two sides, right? Now you're seeing your side and also somebody else's perspective. So not only are you better able to understand where they're coming from, you yourself have a fuller understanding of the situation in front of you because now you're looking at it from two perspectives. It's painted a bigger picture for you. And what I've found is, well, just keep walking around. Keep walking around. And you gain a fuller understanding. Uh, But just like anything in life, once we understand something, about maybe 75%, a lot of times we can already figure out, ah, I see what the rest of this is going to look like. And it allows us to not only see what we saw, but it allows us to then grasp the bigger picture that's in front of us and have a much more a fuller understanding of what's going on that goes well beyond just us.
0: Okay. So I'm going to sum up your points because i thought you made really great points really great examples don't need to add to it and then i'm gonna shift to another question in the more spiritual realm so you're saying be first of all be open-minded that your your perspective not might be might be partial truth more than like is partial truth
1: the short of it don't be so prideful that your perspective is the only one that matters yeah be humble and uh,
0: To be humble enough and be open minded enough to know that you have the partial truth and then put yourself in other perspectives to know the full grand scheme of what you're trying to look at or find out about or understand or whatever. And that's that goes to I mean, that's on on a lot of different levels. What's
1: what's that song that's out right now? Relationship. It's like be humble. Sit down. Be humble. Um, Is yeah, that the so that's
0: the uh, word. Yeah, that came out about uh, eight years ago. But, um, it's Kendrick Lamar. It's well, called. How's humble. It, how's it go? Is Be it... humble? Sit, sit down. down.
1: Yeah. yeah uh, I so I recently saw it on something.
0: Um, yeah, that came out like eight years ago.
1: Was my performance on par?
0: Um, I mean, sure. Be humble. I, sit down. Okay, you don't have to. Do you don't have to do it again. You don't have to okay. do it again. Um so yeah so that's really good i think that's insightful i think it's a lot easier said than done obviously but oh of course i think people need to realize that nobody really has full understanding without seeing all sides yeah. that's that's a common that's a common truth almost absolute truth yeah. i would say
1: but i think that's also the downside of the culture and i get it i get it let's go with that political argument <laughs> politicians can't stand on stage and say i'm presenting to you a biased approach now it's the biased approach i believe in and i mostly agree with but i really have to give credit to the other side here because they're really acknowledging some stuff that we do poorly and i think that they do a great job of that
0: yeah
1: you're not going to see that and so not only are they biased to believe their perspective is the right one but they also then prime us the audience to be unwilling and unable to look at the other side.
0: Yeah. And, and I mean, it, it's not exactly, it's not exactly the, it's not exactly easy because you're good. The information that you get or the other side or the other perspective that you get will also be biased to their perspective. So there could be to what their perspective is trying to sell you harder on their perspective. So you, you just have to gather and sort, and see what you come up with.
1: And so, you know what's funny that I've heard people tell me before that like they recognize that I feel strongly about what I'm telling you right now, and they're like trying to play along, but I can tell they really don't. This yeah. is what they'll respond with and be like, "No, I, I see what you're saying. Like, I, I agree with that. Like, I agree that there's some good things on the other side, but but you have to also acknowledge like we get more right than they do.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're still
1: right. Like, we're still sure, right. Sure. Like, you're right. Like, they may make a point, but like, even how they handle the right stuff is
0: wrong. Yeah. I'm, at. yeah, pretty much. Like, <laughs> it's almost like a physical, like, patting you on the back. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Sure, like, you're sure,
1: right. Sure, we sure. need to be understanding. You're right. But like, they need to be more understanding because we're right. <laughs>
0: yeah. Sure. So, oh. okay. So, let me, let me, sh- let me shift gears <clears> here <throat> to speak in Dale Jr. terms. Yeah. Shift me up. Shift. Okay, so <laughs> I got a, I got a question for you Okay, that's going to take what we just said to uh, a more religious, spiritual side. That is somewhat controversial, Ooh. but I think it's okay enough to share on the podcast. So yeah. if it's not, then we'll just edit it. I'm going to get out.
1: a text from somebody and be like, I appreciate the fact you prevent both sides, but you do agree <laughs> that we're more right,
0: right? Right, yeah. That's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> All right, so great, I'm going been... share I'm gonna share a, 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 a you, know, right, you know most people mm-hmm. who listen know that we're you know, I'm kind of going through you know discovery truth whatever it doesn't matter So the Bible I've heard of it okay you know you know about it for to some degree and there's there's things that people say or claim as absolute truths about the Bible yeah in the sense of infallible and literal perfect all this stuff. Yep. and so I'm personally at the belief now, which I don't care to say this because I don't think it's that bad, but I don't necessarily think the Bible's inerrant <laughs> in the sense of perfection, everything like a literal sense in all facets. Okay. You know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not there anymore. And so the reason is because of what you just kind of laid out in the sense of confirmation, you know, confirmation bias, but also like. How you get to truth, because the issue is my perspective is perfectly literally what you said, like describes my my view of this. So is if you go back to your example of, hey, I saw this guy, he was wearing a beanie and a red jacket. Hey, I saw this guy. He had dark curly hair Mm -hmm. and a blue shirt. The literal details of those things cannot be true because they're two different things. Yeah. Yeah. But the overall message of what they're trying to say is, this guy was here, and this is what was going on. And so it's the same perspective for me biblically. The overall message doesn't necessarily change when you take out inerrancy and the literal aspects of it. Now, the theology changes, and the way you see certain things and the way you deal with certain things. But it doesn't take Jesus out of it. It doesn't take the overall message of what's going on. It doesn't say a whole different message. And so that's the kind of like... I God, just saw redemption,
1: Sprinkle, salvation, all right. that doesn't change.
0: And I just saw Preston Sprinkle release the episode about like deconstruction. I haven't listened to it yet. A guy like breaks that down, what that is. And I think that's part but, of it.
1: But inerrancy and... Uh, what's the other phrase? Inerrancy. Infallibility. infallibility. I think that right... I think your statement right there, con- connecting that to deconstruction, that in itself I think is a little bit of a confirmation bias. There are lots of biblically based beliefs that do not affirm that Mm -hmm. you do not have to be a deconstructionist to question that now most conservative christians don't like they would say the bible is infallible and inerrant right and for their reasons but there are lots of denominations and christian like non-debated christian loving jesus believers who would argue that without it like I think that in itself is more of a, a conservative accusation that because you question this, you're on a slippery
0: slope to hell. Yeah. 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 I agree. I think and it's tough because it's not a popular view, but I don't think it's I don't know, I don't think it's I don't think it's not a popular view because people think that is right. I think it's not a popular view because people don't know anything else, yeah. and that's and that's kind of the. It's not the a popular
1: fault. view with the people with the microphone right now.
0: Yeah, or even people in in church in general. Like, it's kind of that confirmation bias where you believe what you're what you're taught, you believe the values that you have, and you believe it to be right, and you're not open minded or you don't research, you don't understand the outside perspectives, and not to say that what i'm doing is like right i mean i I think it's right but i took a step and me and you've talked a lot about it on and off camera but of just exploring what is the other views enough to kind of get to the point that we're talking about today which is i want a full understanding of everything so that i can have the best grasp of what truth is
1: yeah
0: because if you stay in in your one lane you're only going to know the truths that come out sure. of your one life.
1: and 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 that's what's kind of funny is, is so often we use fear to paralyze people within a doctrinal system. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, uh, there's some people that don't care, right? Yeah. Like the fact that sure. we're exploring, like what is our beliefs, what is what is doctrine, what, like those are so much deeper issues than they care to dive into. They're satisfied with I believe there's a God, I believe in Jesus, I believe He revealed Himself to us, and and I want to be in relationship with Him. I'll let the rest of the cards fall where they may. Like they're satisfied with that level. We are not. Yeah. You know, for whatever reason, God made us with a a dangerous curiosity. Is that and so it's like I think people from Whatever doctrinal system that they hold tightly to, that they either have vetted out themselves and feel fully best represents Scripture and their understanding of God, um, or we're just raised and told this is the right one and they hold to it tightly. I think often use fear to say if you're exploring your, if you're exploring anything that colors outside the lines that this belief system paints, this doctrine paints, you're on a slippery slope. Yeah. And it's like, I get it on one hand. They, they're like, these constructs, right? These denominational lines or these doctrinal lines, they help keep us in check so that we don't pervert the gospel or misrepresent it or water it down um, or undervalue it. And those are valuable reasons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But if a, a person only complies with the beliefs Because they're scared of rejection or being, you know, labeled a hypocrite or whatever, that's not a good motive. Yeah. Like, we have to allow people to say, What does scripture say? To work out their salvation. Mm -hmm. Not in an effort to dismantle the gospel, but to like confirm it, clarify Mm -hmm. it, and create conviction in our own lives. We have to explore it and be willing to say, Are these really the lines that I want to color inside of? Or do I actually think there's a different set of lines that better represents what I'm pretty sure is the truth? Yeah.
0: And and kind of what the podcast uh, that I was talking about, it was – like I said, I didn't listen to it. But I was reading the description, and it talked about how most people fall into deconversion instead of deconstruction. And I think a lot is going to have to do with this the viewpoint that this is it. Anything outside of this is, like you say, a slippery soap to hell. Yeah. But, and so when they discover truths that don't line up with their Mm truths, they just throw everything out. Like, oh, yeah. Well, this was disproved, so it can't be. And none of it's real.
1: I like those, the different words you use deconversion versus deconstruction. I never heard that one before. Um, So, well, maybe I have. So, because lots of people go through a period of refinement. When you talk to the greatest biblical minds, oftentimes their spiritual journey has not been a straight line. They may have went off the deep end one way, realized, oop, went too far, come back. And it's a period of refinement over time to get them to where they are, Mm -hmm. right? And so that is, on a very low level, deconstruction. You're deconstructing what you assumed was true. And then rebuilding things based on what you determine is true mm-hmm. and refine it as you go. I actually think that's really healthy because that has a that's a person that is has a desire, a God-given desire to pursue and know God, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I could be wrong. But there's this deep desire to and a willingness to say, I'm not going to let the people around me prevent me from trying to know the God who made me. Mm-hmm and I get you can poke holes in that all day long you can like people are there for a reason accountability is good like there's there's a lot of both and this to it but like oftentimes the most brilliant minds didn't start out there they 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 had a system that they thought was true and then through biblical study it deconstructs that held system and they create a new one but like you just said the baby's often thrown out with the bathwater because mm-hmm. people say the system that I had in my mind that I was given as a kid or that I was taught in church didn't hold up, and so I decon—I throw it out, and I hate—I hate that. Yeah. Because that's when a, a system has gotten in the way of the Savior.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and you know, we—we—I'm not going to do this, but you go on a lot of different topics, which it might be good to do it. And all honesty, it might be good just to. Mm-hmm to talk through some of them, but like you have a lot of theological things that come up that really don't matter. Like, and this little thing, you know, you got the young versus old creationists you got, you know? And and so like little things that really don't matter to the overall message, Yeah. but it's the people that are stuck in one way of thinking of what is, what they think is full truth. And that, and I, I mean, not they, as in like, I was there, Where you think this is full truth and there's nothing left, instead of thinking, well, this is probably mostly true or partially true, and you know there's there could be some leeway in some areas. Mm -hmm. It really sets sets you up spiritually in a dangerous position.
1: Let me let me ask you this because we we talked about this a little bit privately. When you allow yourself to say, "I am going to let go of allowing these," predetermined lines to force some type of doctrinal compliance, some type of biblical compliance, and say, let me figure it out for myself. What does the Bible say? What does church history say? What does Jewish tradition say? What are the most brilliant minds related to the Old Testament, New Testament say about these things? And let me not force myself to stay in a certain kind of lane. When you allow yourself to not just say that, but to accept it right to verbalize i am going to take a journey of discovery here what does that change within you like have you sensed a shift in your desire your understanding of god your desire of god by kind of allowing yourself to kind of let go of some of this stuff and and kind of start from scratch and look
0: all right so i'm i'll yeah it is what it is you know i'll just say it so (laughs) well I thought about this last night because I had a conversation, but I probably, I probably have not felt more free and close Mm -hmm. to God Mm -hmm. in my life as I do right now in the sense of I feel like I'm getting full truth like we talked about, but this is where it's going to be kind of like, "Mm." but.
1: Did he show up to you in a dream last
0: night? No. I'll put it like this: There's more Pharisee and Pharisee-like things that are starting to come up for me in my life now that I'm in this position. That before I fully accepted as the right way, mm-hmm. and that's that. That sounds bad, but that's uh, like I was sitting there last night thinking after a conversation. I was like, I have. I'm having a certain reaction towards something, towards a yeah. conversation that happened involving involving church or. Whatever. And the reaction I had was very, like, against what was being talked about. And I, and I tried to assess myself in the sense of, like, is this bad or is this good? And yeah. then I started thinking about what, what was being said, and I started thinking about my reactions. And, and, like I said, this has nothing to do with, like, me, but just how I felt. I could feel how Christ could feel towards Pharisees. sense mm-hmm. of the conversation.
1: So what you're saying is in that moment, you felt like Jesus.
0: Yeah, in a way, in a way. I mean, I didn't want to say it like that because that feels a little weird. It should.
1: I think it should feel weird.
0: Yeah, it feels weird. But
1: here's, you say that that's weird to verbalize that. But I agree with you. Because as you were talking, the kind of the the thought that I had was, what what does Jesus want from us more? To pursue him and to know him. And to learn about, you know, to, to learn of what it, whatever that journey takes us on or compliance to a structure mm-hmm. that we have deemed to be the most right version of that. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I thought was, oh, frick, that's the struggle the Pharisees fell into. Mm-hmm. They love the structure of their religion more than they did the God of their religion. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's a hard thought that mm-hmm. a lot of people would be like. It's kind of like that answer, no, Marty, like, I think you're right, but like we can't lose this. We can't mm-hmm. lose this because if pursuing God means we lose the rules,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we lose the structure. It's like, no, we're throwing up the baby with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. And there's an element of tr- like mm-hmm. truth, right? like, in the same way that there's a tension between grace and truth. We can't be so graceful that we let truth go out the window. Mm-hmm. We also can't be so stuck on truth that we can't show love and grace to people. Yeah. And I think this is that tension. Churches, doctrine, denominations, they come up with some parameters of thought to help us demonstrate their view of God, but they often aren't flexible enough to let us find them on our own even.
0: that's and I think I said this last week when we it was just me and you talking, but and this sounds weird to say, but this is how I feel. I feel closer to God and and distant from church. Yeah, and that feels weird to say, and it's it's not great, it's not healthy, but it's also just how I feel. Yeah. I feel distant from church, and I feel closer to God, and I just don't know what to do with that. And yeah. So it's, it's like a true a, statement
1: for where you are right now. Yeah, and it's also an acknowledgement. It's not necessarily where I want to be, and it's not a guarantee that I'm going to stay here. Yeah, but here today,
0: this is, what's this happening. is
1: what I'm dealing with.
0: But I don't, and that's a good point though. Like the structure, the structure makes me think like. Why, you know, what's the, just the social acceptance of being in the structure mm-hmm. plays a lot into it because I can see where, if I say the things that I say, there's, there's three responses. Majority is one of these two. One is they look at me and think or say in a way you don't take Christianity seriously. You don't take the Bible seriously. Yeah. You know, you'll find out. Like kind of that pat on the back. You'll find out it's okay. Yeah. You, you
1: you'll get keep... into heaven, but you're going to get a spanking on the way.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um the second response is just a very abrupt you're wrong. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be in a in a bad way, but uh and then the third one is open mindedness, which is rare, yeah. but well, it happens.
1: Well, I think for a lot of people, I think there's a fourth and this is a lot of maybe surface level uh spiritual people will say man you thinking way too deep about way deeper than I ever want to good luck with that yeah just kind of apathy
0: yeah kind of that high five good luck
1: yeah for the people that are like this podcast is not for me too too deep
0: yeah so and so it's yeah
1: well it's I appreciate I appreciate you put yourself out there being honest a little vulnerable
0: yeah yeah well uh we might dive into some of it at some point um, but I right. think it was a good overall. Yeah, framework of what's kind but, of popping off,
1: and I think that's a good place for us to wrap up today. We probably went yeah. beyond our normal amount of time because it's harder to judge it on a Zoom call. Um, but I think we—I don't know—I think we stayed in line. Truth is relative. Yeah. No, well, yeah, not it's... truth is relative. What, what was it? Oh, confirmation
0: bias. That's how we started. Perspective is truth. Anyway.
1: Yes. Well, all right. Well, we'll wrap up with that, and uh, you have a good rest of your day at work.
0: All right, POP holds down.
1: Anyway, all right, y'all take care. Behave yourself.
0: Holla. Thanks for joining us on another episode of TNJ. Don't forget to check out the links to any of our guests in the show description. And check out tattoosandjesus.org for additional show
1: information or to submit your questions, comments, or curse words.